We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I am co-host Ron White. And you might be thinking, that's not Dylan on the other side. That's another guy there. So I have <laughs> a temp filling for me. Carl Dumbler is joining me here. How are you doing today, Kyle? Carl? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not quite as pretty as, as Dylan, but uh, <laughs> but we'll still have some good football talk for you. You know, just close your eyes. Imagine, imagine I'm Dylan here. But uh, no, I'm glad I get to join you, Ron. You know, we got our, our chance to talk at the meet and greet for the first time. Yes. And uh, so I'm glad I get to, to finally do a show with you and talk a little football. Yes, most definitely. And we have some good news for all teams in the league, which we'll get here to shortly. But first, we want to welcome in some of our um, commenters here in the chat. Let's see who we have. We have David McElrath coming in with a $2 super chat. Thank you, my man, for always showing us support. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Hashtag Buckham times three. Again, David, thank you for joining. And I'm hoping that you're having a great Saturday. Yeah, David, good to see you in here. And uh, always good to see Papa Bear Pop, getting a chance yeah. to, to hang out <laughs> with us here in the chat. Oh, yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And then we got Donald Wentz coming in. Thank you, sir. He says, good evening. Can't wait to get this show started. Well, it has kicked off, Donald, and thank you for coming in um, and joining us tonight. It's, it's going to be great. Um, thank you for being in the chat. And then we also have Olio coming in. He says, can't wait to catch a pod live, even though it's going to be 2 a.m. when it starts. Ooh, Germany. Mm. <laughs> well, again, Thank you for coming in. <laughs> we appreciate you. It was early. We out in the morning there. But again, th thank you for coming in. It's always, you know, it's not it's not a geographical station. It's the state of being, as Chad always says. So regardless of where you guys are, it is so great to see everyone coming in from all countries. Again, Olio, thank you for joining us here today on the chat. We appreciate it. Is it uh, German Dankeschön? Is that thank you? I think, yeah. Put it put it in the okay. chat, Oli, if you wanna. If you're still in, but I I, I think you're right. I think it's I think it's functioning. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> my limited German. I, I just want to say thank you for joining us, staying yes. up till two a.m. to to listen in and have a good time with us, and you know, hopefully you're getting a chance to relax, and, and hopefully you've gotten enough sleep 
that you're not crashing tomorrow. But uh, but no, we got a good topic for for the conversation. Like I said, some good news coming the Broncos way. And I think it's maybe better news for the Broncos than for a lot of other teams. Oh, and yes. I'll explain why I think that here in a little bit. Yes. And string guy coming in. Um, thank you, string guy. He says, good evening, all. What is the salary cap raise impact? For the rest contract, does Denver eat the entire dead cap this season now? So glad you asked that question, Stringer. Let's get right into it. So yesterday, the NFL announced that the cap for the coming league year will be increasing um, from, I believe it was around $225 million to $255 million. So that's a whopping $30 million increase. And they stated that the unprecedented $30 million increase per year in the in the year salary cap is a result of the full repayment of all amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by the players during the pandemic. And also it was an extraordinary increase in media revenue for the 2024 season. So obviously we know that all teams in the league are impacted. Specifically for the Broncos, it was estimated that you know, the Broncos would be about 24 million over the cap at the beginning of the, the new league year. But now that number is at around 10 million. So, String Guy, to answer your question or to kind of shed some light here as it pertains to the 85 million in the dead cap situation with the Russ Wilson, it makes the situation a, a bit better, a little bit more paddleable, if you will. Um, Denver makes the move to cut, if Denver makes that move to cut Russell Wilson, Broncos still have those three options on the table. So they can take that entire $85 million on the 2024 books. They can take $53 million in 2024 and 32 in 2025 and take or take $35 million in 2024 and $49 million in 2025. So, you know, again, it, it does make it a, a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, from a cap perspective overall, not just with the Russell situation, but I think just for the whole team, Carl, uh, it, it definitely does does make the situation for Denver a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Th there's a few reason I reasons I think this is good for the Broncos. One, a, a bigger cap uh, means those teams that have a lot more cash have a little bit more power. Yeah. Because some of these other teams that aren't as cash happy all of a sudden, these contracts that are getting a little bit bigger and a little bit more guarantees and things like that, some of those owners are going to struggle to pay some of this. Broncos don't have to worry about that. When you have the richest owner in the entire NFL, you have a lot of power when it comes to contract negotiations and how you can design contracts to bring players in. The second thing this does is it doesn't make the Broncos have to be as desperate because the Broncos and every other team in the league has to be under the cap by March 13th, the start of the league year. So that, that's coming up here in what? Two and a half weeks, two, two and a half weeks, three, three weeks. weeks. Yep. Yeah. Something in that. Um, and so if it had come in where most people were thinking in that 243 million kind of range, instead of this 255 Broncos would have probably had to make some pretty desperate decisions, you know, with Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, all those kind of guys that we've talked about on these shows quite a few times. Um, they probably would have had to make at least one more cut than they have to now. 
And then on the other side of this, as String Guy says, I think the Broncos can get pretty aggressive in taking on the Russell Wilson contract. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's probably where I would go and say, let's let's take on another 13 million or, you know, go towards the higher end of things. Take the 55 million this year or the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I would not be taking the 35 because mm-hmm. then you're just continuing this process of making next year that much harder cap wise. And I, I think you just bite the bullet now, get it out of the way and, and then try to rebuild this roster as you go on. Um, but yeah, again, this, this extra 13 million, just to kind of put it in perspective last year, the Broncos signed McGlinchey, Ben powers, those two, their, their cap hit for the year was about 13 million for this past year. So the Broncos can still go make some, some decent moves if they want to, or like I said, they can clean up their cap situation and, and be set up for another year moving forward. Um, so yeah, that's why, again, I say this actually helps the Broncos more than a team that has 50, 60 million in cap space. Like they wouldn't have to make any kind of desperate moves anytime soon. Yeah. They got more money to spend in free agency, but all that means now is all those other contracts have gone up that they were going to go after for some of these other free agents. Yep. So this is why certain teams get a little bit more help while others get hurt when you see more money come in than they thought. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. I, I That was one of my takeaways from this too, Carl, is, you know, I know prior to this increase, you know, it was floated that Broncos would need to be cutting a lot of folks, there might be a lot of restructures. And not to say that that still can't happen. I, I think you'll still see maybe, you know, a restructure or two, maybe one player traded, maybe one player cut, right? But it's just not as pressing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because again, to your point, right, it, they they had to do whatever it takes to kind of get that cap, get to that cap number. And now they're they're kind of they can get ahead of the curveball with being more cap compliant with this increase. Um, so you mentioned it, you know, players like Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, they were they were due for some sort of restructure. But again, not to say that that still can't happen, but again, it makes it less likely given given that increase in the cap. Yeah. It definitely yeah. makes and things think, a lot easier. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying? Go ahead. Yeah, like I say, it just it makes it where they don't have to be as desperate when teams call and say, Hey, we want to trade for Cortland Sutton. Well, we're mm-hmm. only going to give you a, a sixth round pick. 
Yeah. And if Broncos are right on that edge of where they're going to be at cap wise, where now they can sit there and say, no, we're holding on to them until you offer a third. Right. Like we, we can do that. It, it, that doesn't hurt us one bit. Yes. And, you know, same thing with Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, Jerry Judy, all these guys that have been talked about in some trade talks. It mm-hmm. allows that Broncos, like I said, that extra time. It gives them almost like an extra month where they can hold on to him, clear up to the draft if need be, mm-hmm. and then start figuring out a few things. Now, you'd have to get a little bit creative maybe in some of your free agency contracts, whoever you're going to bring in. But Broncos were never going to go crazy in free agency, whether they got this extra $13 million or not. Yeah, and usually, and you know, they were active in free agency last year, and yeah, they're not going to be as active at all. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll get like a player or two, but it's not going to be as active and aggressive this year in free agency. And String Guy, thanks for coming back in with this question. Again, we just kind of alluded to this, but I do want to just bring you up here with, with the question on how does this change the re-signing of the other players? Um, well, PS2, it's the, the fifth-year option, I think, with PS2 is coming up. So, um I know they'll pick that up without a problem. Um, and then Simmons and Bowles, right? It's as I just alluded to, it those were players that were due for restructuring. Again, maybe one of them players they can still restructure, but again, it makes both of the restructures less likely. And then as far as Judy, I think I, I think Carl, they're either gonna cut or trade Judy. I I don't see Judy <laughs> coming back um to this team um at, at all. Um it's you know, I, I just I just think Judy's time in Denver is done. Yeah, it, it's hard when you look at especially his draft class and all these yeah. receivers that are dominating the league. I mean, you got Brandon Ayuk that everybody's been talking about because he's been in the news for his girlfriend talking about them being done in San Francisco. And, yep. um, you know, he's been this perennial thousand yard receiver. Just helped my fantasy team take second in, in my fantasy league. Um you know, thankfully I didn't finish last and have to get any kind of thing coming back at me. I, I, what, I don't know what everybody else's challenges are, but um, <laughs> but anyway, you think about him, Justin Jefferson, uh, CD Lamb, CD Lamb. Um, seems like there's a couple other guys that have just really dominated from that draft class at the wide receiver position. And Jerry Judy, obviously, he's very, very talented, but he's never been able to live up to it, never been able to stay that fully healthy. And, you know, I, I don't put it all on him. He's not had the best quarterback situation since being in the league compared to some of those other guys. But there's still plenty of things that can be on his his shoulders as well. You know, I think of maybe the most frustrating play of this entire past season involved Jerry Judy. Wide open for a touchdown. Oh, my God. And it wasn't even like he had to drag his feet a whole lot. It was just shorten his second step. And he doesn't do it. And it's like this is – this is wide receiver 101 when you're 101. near the sideline. You know, you, you just drag that foot a little drag bit. Swag. It's an easy touchdown. And uh, and he couldn't do it. And that just, I don't know if it's selfishness, if it's just lack of concentration. You know, again, so I agree with you. It, there's a good chance he could be gone. Um, I do think he's he's a decent fit for what Sean Payton wants to do on offense. You know, that working the middle of the field, those quick slant plays. You know, he did that with Michael Thomas left and right. And Jerry Judy, that's like his specialty. So you would think, hey, this would be a perfect marriage between the two of them. And Jerry Judy just hasn't done well to to put himself in a place to be successful. Uh, Garrett Bowles, he might be the biggest benefit of this cap increase. I thought he was for sure gone. Mm -hmm. Now, from people I've talked to, they've kind of said that 
Um, they think that there's a decent chance the Broncos and him can get something figured out. So unless he, unless some team comes with a really good trade offer, I do think Garrett Bull stands a decent chance of being here, which is great because I would not like to have that left tackle hole on this yeah, roster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, that would be kind of a, a frightening thing to think of who would be playing left tackle for the Broncos next season, unless they really think there's going to be a great left tackle that falls to them at 12, which is very possible. This is a really good tackle class. Um, but, uh, but again, in PS2, I'm pretty sure he's here. I don't think a team's ever going to come in with a big enough offer unless the Broncos get really desperate for a quarterback and, and trade up for one like JJ McCarthy or uh, Daniels or may and, and Simmons, he's kind of a little bit of a wild card here. You know, he's getting up there in age. I love Simmons. Been mm-hmm. one of my favorite players for a long time. But again, he's right on that edge of this is probably going to be some of his best value. And the yes. Broncos need some draft picks to get younger on this roster. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, um, you know, if, if if Simmons does leave, I'm going to be gonna be a little sad because he is one of my favorite players <laughs> um but again you know with this increased string rates you know again it doesn't make it as pressing at least for those the, the number two guy you have the number three guy listed again ps2 is going to stay that's not a problem judy's more than likely gone but i think simmons and bowles were the two that that caused some concern because we just didn't know given the previous cap situation what was going to happen um Let's see who else we have in the chat coming in. We got DTR with a $5 super chat. Thank you for coming in. Says, looking forward to another great show and some good news for Broncos country. Yes, DTR. We, again, yesterday's news was some great news (laughs) Um, for Broncos country. So, um, again, thank you for coming in um, in the chat. And then we got keith brogman coming in ron and carl i'll take it yes you have a ron and carl showing tonight keith (laughs) that's right enjoy it i always like uh, (laughs) i always like seeing keith come in because uh my wife's maiden name is brogman so it's always kind of a i I doubt you guys are related but um (laughs) always cool to see that for sure and uh i see got a few others john field saying hello fellas greetings from baltimore maryland can we trade Russ now that the cap went up? I still don't think any team's going to trade for him. Yeah. You know, they don't want to take on any of that contract. They know the Broncos are going to cut him. I mean, it's almost at that point of just guaranteeing it at this point. Um, you know, his house is on the market. Seems like nobody wants to come to the negotiating table to figure out anything for the future. Uh, and so Broncos are going to have to cut him. They're going to have to eat that contract and then teams are going to get into a little bit of a, not really a bidding war. I mean, I think he's just going to pick where he wants to go play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I yeah. see Michael coming in as usual. Bronx. Good to see Michael coming in saying good evening, Ron and Carl on the orange blue view. Go Broncos. Good to see you there, Thank Michael. You, Mike. Good to see you, Mike. Thank you. Good to see you coming in. Um, let's see who else. Oh, we got Phil McLaughlin coming in. Thank you, Phil. Says, good evening, Ron and Carl. So with the new cap, will it allow us to restructure less? Hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life, hashtag O'Broncos. Yes, Phil. So again, you know, I'm not sure when you joined, we were just discussing, but yeah, to, to kind of to reiterate, yeah, I, I don't think the, the, 
don't expect as many restructures as before, right? Again, I, I think the opportunity for restructuring will still present itself. You may still see Mike A. Simmons or Abel's, right? Maybe doing a, a somewhat of a restructure. But again, with this salary cap situation down, it, it, it's making it seem as though that the Broncos will not have to restructure as many players. And again, yeah. with that, you know, they, they can get, get, get to that deadline of being more cap compliant. I believe, as we mentioned, March 13th, we yeah. have to beat that deadline for the, for the cap compliant um, agreement. So, I mean, and there's, there's two really easy moves the Broncos can make in just cutting Tim Patrick and cutting yes. DJ Jones. DJ Jones. There, there's 20 million right there for the cap. And then you're, you've got 10 million already in the bank um, under, and then something I did here the other day that made me think that's actually kind of a decent idea. Cause um, Sean Payton and the saints did this a lot of obviously pushing money to future years. Mm-hmm. Now I do think there has to be a better balance than what you're seeing with the saints. You know, you shouldn't be 80 million over the cap trying yeah. to figure things out every single year. But somebody pointed out that, um, Teams pushing cap hits to future years. A lot of what you're doing is paying is paying a dollar today that will be 75 cents on the dollar in three years because of how much the cap continues to go up. And I was like, you know, that's not actually a bad way to kind of look at it. So I think, again, there, there's this balance between the two. And the teams that can do this are the ones that have those rich owners that can pay the guaranteed money to get the cap space or the cap bonus money hits spread over five years instead of over a couple. So again, there, there's got to be a balance. I, I wouldn't mind at least a couple restructures just so you can get a couple different players. And then mm-hmm. you can go into the draft, not having as many, I guess I would say dangerous holes where you're just going like, mm-hmm. we have to take somebody meaning you have to reach for somebody. So I, I don't want to have to reach for a defensive lineman, say in the first round, you know, where all of a sudden you're having to take Byron Murphy at 12 and and he's a good player i just don't think he's worth pick 12 Let's good players yeah you know and a lot of times those defensive linemen they take a couple years to develop anyway um so i'd rather take a developmental type guy round four or five for that position instead of having to reach it at 12. um that, that's why i really wouldn't mind if they go ahead and restructure a couple of these guys like you said sutton and Bowles and simmons if you're gonna keep them around for a while um you might as well just go ahead and get those contracts figured out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up. It's, it makes them look at the job. Obviously we know that quarterbacks, the, the biggest need, um, but you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't maybe have the Broncos go and look at tackle first round. Although tackle is, I think someone of a low key need, but if you bring back Garrett Bowles, right. Then it's not that big of a need. So again, you look at other positions, Outside of the QB, we have edge, right? The edge position is definitely in need of some dire help. Um, so, again, it, it makes the Broncos kind of look at, you know, some other positions um, as well in the draft. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. Thank you, Phil, for coming in for that question. That's a good, good question here. Uh, we got some quarterback talk here in the draft. <laughs> well, that never happens. Yeah, you know, quarterback in the draft, quarterback. Michael coming in, Durant coming in, J.J. McCarthy, no matter what for me, or move back in the NFL draft. 
Yeah, I know McCarthy now has been getting, has been kind of rising up some boards here, and it's kind of been the the, the flavor of the week here. So, you know, I I guess what what are your thoughts on on McCarthy, uh, Carl? How how do you? I, I think in the grand scheme of things, and looking at all the other quarterbacks, how do you how do you rank JJ McCarthy? Yeah, I, I would put him as that number four quarterback in this draft, um, and part. I don't think he played as the fourth best quarterback, but I think he has the potential just because he's one of the youngest. He's still yeah. 20 years old at this point, you know, going to be 21 when he starts his rookie season. Um, you saw him play in a pro style offense and handle it. Well, he did well throwing over the middle. He did great on thor- third long situations. You know, those obvious passing situations. You know, it's easy to to win on those first and second downs where teams aren't sure if you're going to be running, passing, whatever. Can guys, when teams know you're absolutely going to be passing, can you go out there and make a play? He did great with that. Uh, He's got athleticism. He's got a big arm. I've heard the kid is tremendous in the locker room. I mean, he is a competitor. I guess he was telling some recruits that came in, like, if you're coming to Michigan to party, don't come here. (laughs) <laughs> if you're coming to play football, then come here. That That's what this is about. Like, we're here to win. And to have a guy that, that has that mentality of, you know, this is what it's all about. I, I would love to have that with the Broncos, especially at the most important position. Um, now, J.J. McCarthy, McCarthy, no matter what, I might have a little bit of a problem with that. Like, a little yeah. of a trade-up to, like, say, pick eight or nine where you're giving up maybe next year's second-round pick to get up there. I'm willing to take that kind of chance on a quarterback. But if we're talking multiple first round picks and some mid round picks, that, that's where I probably draw the line because I just, he's too much of a risk at this point because there's just so much unknown because like I said, he's young. Michigan did not throw the football a lot. Yes. If you go back and watch the Penn state game, I think they had 15 straight running plays at one point. And that, that concerns me a little bit of either, I'd be asking that question to their coaches. Like, why did you do that? Is it because you don't trust McCarthy? Like, you know, it's going to be a really close game and you don't want him to throw a really bad interception. Or is it just, Hey, we see a weakness in them. They're saying we dare you to run, which would be really stupid. I don't know why any team would tell Michigan <laughs> we dare you to run. Um, but I, I just want to know a little bit more behind the coach's decisions of why they were doing that. Is it because of McCarthy or did he have no no bar, no bearing on the the decision there. Yeah, I I agree with most of what you said. I, I Hart, he's such a difficult prospect to evaluate. He's he's, he's intriguing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's so difficult because you mentioned it. It's like when you look at the film, there there's not a lot of there's not a lot of passing. There, there, so it's hard to really see how he you know, kind of how he sees the field. Now, I will say, now he is he is great with throwing the ball, throwing the ball in the middle of the field. And you know, Sean Payton, that's a staple in Sean Payton's offense. So I think from that perspective, yes. But with that NFL running heavy offense that they did in Michigan, it's just so hard to I don't know. I, I guess you'll have to see how he checks out, you know, combine and stuff. I, I don't I don't know. It's just so and I'm with you in the sense, Mike, yeah, I, I will say this, and I've talked to Dylan about this, that they sh- they need to pick a quarter. I don't, 
I don't care who it is, get a quarterback in the draft. Yeah. But I think for McCarthy, Ronk, I don't know if I would want to move up. And I'm I do I do push back a little bit on the no matter what portion. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you know, if if the Broncos do decide to move up, it's gonna be for and if they're getting into that top three, top four range, then it's gonna be for those one of those top three quarterbacks. Um, and and that's where I kind of seen the you know if they want to move up no matter what for a drake me sure move up no matter what for a jj daniels jane daniels sure but even well we know about kayla williams <laughs> but right. you know I, I think that's that's kind of where i'm at mike now you know if they do stay pat at 12 or maybe even if mccarthy does fall and you want to move back and get him take a fly on him sure why not but I just think at this point, you know, despite what media outlets have on McCarthy, he's he's just difficult to evaluate for me right now. So I don't want to push the trigger at 12. Yeah. And I, I push back on this idea that he has really moved up like everybody's talking about. I think it we see this ebb and flow in draft analysis. You know, one person says, oh, NFL teams are really high on him. All of a sudden, the next mock drafts that come out the next week have him, you know, going top eight in every single mock draft. And then after the combine, somebody might come out and say, oh, he did not interview well with teams. And all of a sudden, now he's back down to like pick 20 or something like that. Right. And falling yeah. behind Bo Nix and uh, Penix and those kind of things. So it's there's still a long process to d- determine where these guys are going to go. Um, like I said, if you can get them at 12, I really have no problem with that because – I'm willing to take that kind of chance on a talent like him. He's got the arm. He's got the mind. He's got the legs. You can do a lot of things with him. And I'm with you. I think you got to you gotta take a chance this year or next year. And I would rather take the chance this year on the quarterback just because next year's class, I'm not liking it as much. And I know yeah. everybody says, oh, everybody says that every year. And then there's a few guys that emerge. No, we knew about Drake May and Caleb Williams, we knew those guys were going to be top five picks. That was already decided. And mm-hmm. there was a couple other guys that were already emerging. Um, you know, Bo Nix had a great season last year. Penix had a great season the year, you know. So it's not like these guys are coming out of nowhere. We've had a little mm-hmm. idea of, of how they were going to be in this draft. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going to do a huge move up. But I'm willing to do a little one if it means securing my quarterback. Exactly. Yep. Got it. All right. Let's see. We've got Lawrence Rivera coming in the chat. Thank you, sir, for coming in tonight. We appreciate it. He says, we got to get as many picks as we can in those top three rounds. Those are the players that succeed. Anything else is depth. Well, yeah, Lawrence, you know, this is going to involve some trading back. (laughs) <laughs> if we're looking to get as many picks as possible um you know the the they're only how many picks the broncos have is it six total i gotta look at it but yeah um i think there's only one no second round pick with the sean payton and i don't look to pick again to the third round so yeah i mean it's going to involve some trading back and again i'm i won't be lawrence to, to your point i won't be opposed to a trade back in the first round again depending on you know how the board falls who's there you know who's high on the broncos draft for right a lot of those factor in 
Um, but you know, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to the Broncos trading back to to add some more later on picks um, to see how see how they can improve the roster. But yeah, your your points well taken, there, guy. Yeah, I know a lot of people I've talked to in the NFL draft circles have said this is not a great draft after the first about three to four rounds. You know, you saw probably a record number of underclassmen go back to college. And that's an NIL situation. People ask, like, mm-hmm. what is this NIL going to do to the NFL? Well, it's going to make players a little more hesitant to come out. You know, they, they don't have to worry about risking injury because I'm already a millionaire. That's uh, I'm good. I'm set. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can go back and enjoy college for another year. So it, it, this isn't a very deep draft. If you can get as many picks in those top four rounds as possible, it, it would be a great help for the Broncos. Most definitely, most definitely. But thank you, Lawrence, for coming in with that. We appreciate it. Got Chase Wellner coming in. Hey, Ron and Carl. Hello to you too, sir. Hopefully you are doing well. And thank you for coming in to the chat. We appreciate it. All right. Let's see who else we got coming in. And again, guys, no Mr. Producer tonight. So just bear with us as we peruse the chat. Oh, we got Michael Davis coming in with a $4.99 super chat. Thank you, my man, for always showing up. He says, gents, I see the 12% increase in cap for NFL teams reset all markets. Players will be 12% more expensive. <laughs> NFL gents are like realtors. Hashtag still broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- this like is where... I'm I'm thankful, honestly, that the Broncos are not going to be big spenders because, like you yeah. said, really that 12% always goes to the top tier or the top of the free agency class guys that reset the market for their positions. It's not for that middle tier, lower tier kind of guys. Um, I know when they put in the, the rookie wage scale, a lot of people are like, oh, this is going to be great for those veterans. No, it just meant the really top tier guys just got a lot richer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to me, this is a great year for the Broncos to be where they are of going after those, like I said, second tier, third tier guys, the lunch pail come to work. You know, they're, they're not going to get a whole lot of, of praise for being a great player, but they're going to be good enough for you. You know, go find those NFL average kind of guys to especially add to a few of these positions and, and then try to hope that you can hit on a few of these draft picks. And that your coaching staff being here for a second year makes a huge difference. You know, th- those are the kind of things that you're hoping take the Broncos to that next level. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. All righty. Thank you, Michael, again, for coming in with that. We appreciate it. Let's see who else we have in the chat. Give us a second, guys. Yep, DTR coming back in. Draft a QB until you find your guy. Yes. I um I think we're all in agreement there, DTR, of keep keep throwing as many darts at the board as you can. You know, you have to, you know, you have to go and attempt to get your guy um and try and hopefully that that guy pans out. Um, you know, the Broncos have failed. I mean, I know with the Paxson Lynch situation. You know, that that was their attempt to find a guy. Obviously, it was an epic fail. <laughs> but, you know, now is the time to go and draft it. Emphasis on draft. 
because the Broncos yeah, I, have gone far too many times of picking a player or QB from another team. It doesn't work. It's time for them to draft and develop their guy. Yeah, I, I, I said this on, I think, the show on Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. The Paxton Lich situation, there was so much incompetence that went into that decision that it's not even funny. I mean, from the Broncos, not even talking to him once before they drafted him. Like you don't sit down with your future franchise quarterback, even like sitting down with them at the combine, just having a conversation and saying, Hey, let's talk through some things. Let's get you on the whiteboard for five minutes. See how you can understand how a play design is going to Gary Kubiak coming to John Elway and saying, I don't want this kid. He cannot play in the NFL. And John Elway going, I don't care what you say. Right. Like if George Payton did that to Sean Payton, I'm pretty sure they would come to, I'm pretty sure there would be a boxing match in the war room. Oh yeah. If that happened, um, Sean Payton is picking his guy, you know, Gary Kubiak didn't have the power that Sean Payton has in the building at this time. So um, yeah, I'm with you. You, you got to take those chances on the quarterback position. I think you see too many teams. They wait forever thinking we got to just get the right guy. And then all of a sudden that guy doesn't work out and you spent three years building up everything to get that guy. And then it doesn't work out. And um, so take those chances, even if it's not a first round guy, you know, if it's second round or second or third round and you're taking a chance, it's at least worth a dart throw to, to see what you can do. Yeah. I mean, cause there's a lot of dart throws out there in the third round, like thinking Michael Pratt, maybe a Spencer Rattler. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, even if they don't go QB round one, you know, I'm, I'm looking at those two as day two picks, maybe round three that the Broncos can target. I mean, I, I would say for me, if if the, you know, if one of the top, let's say, five quarterbacks um, are gone, maybe looking at a Spencer Rattler, you know, in, in round three, I, I, I actually like him now of course the, the character obviously is a, is a big concern <laughs> um but the dude has some talent carl like I, i've i've mm-hmm. been looking at some film and he he has an arm on him he, he can definitely sling it so i i think with some development with sean payton i, I think he can be something um and, and i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't mind that at all in, in round three potentially yeah no i'm with you it's it's like i said it's worth a chance yeah. Maybe the guy turns into something. Maybe he's matured and figured some things out. I listened to some of his interviews at the Senior Bowl, and I was like, hey, this kid actually sounds like a whole different kid than he was in high school. Because I know everybody watched the quarterback one show, and, I mean, I, I get it. And he was a real big-time jerk in high school. <laughs> I mean, he thought he was everything and that the world yeah. should bow down at his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously he's gone through some humbling things in the college game from getting benched to having to transfer because he wasn't going to get a starting job to getting beat up behind that offensive line there in South Carolina. You know, there's a lot of things that have humbled that kid and maybe that's exactly what he needed to become the star that he can be. Most definitely. All righty. Let's see who else. We got the big Mike coming in. Mike Edel coming in with the $10 super chat. Thank you for coming in, my man. We always appreciate you in here. Hey, Ron and Carl. Hey, Dylan, wherever you are. (laughs) Here's my question, gentlemen. 
If McCarthy is so good, why wouldn't Crazy Jim trade Herbert and draft McCarthy? Really a huge question for me. Go orange and blue view. I'll let you take this one first, Carl. Yeah, so there, there's one really, really big reason that they cannot even think about doing this. And that would be the $108.5 million dead cap hit if they traded Justin Herbert right now. Yeah. You know, we, we're talking about how much trouble the Broncos are in with the, the Russell Wilson contract. The Chargers, they, they can't even begin to think about doing something like that. You know, their, their cap situation is in worse shape than the Broncos. They're going to already going to have to make some really tough decisions. Even with this extra 12, 13 million, they've got a few more decisions to make than the Broncos do. And if they had to take on a $108 million extra hit, they just can't make this move. As much as he would love to have McCarthy, and I, I do, I think he really loves that kid. I think part of his mm. reason for going to the NFL was McCarthy not returning to Michigan. You know, he didn't want to have to restart with a whole new quarterback. So this was that perfect time to, to make that jump and to go get a quarterback like Justin Herbert as your guy. Um, you know, you have to remember, Justin Herbert's a top 10 quarterback in football. Mm-hmm. And so to, to go from, from that to an unknown in McCarthy, yes, he knows a lot about McCarthy. I think there would still be some, some concerns there. So um, I, I think if, if he was on a team that didn't have a quarterback, that would be his move. I really do. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I don't think that his talk of viewing McCarthy as the best quarterback in this draft is him just trying to hype up his guy. I really do think he thinks that mm-hmm. um, just because that's that's Jim Harbaugh. He always thinks his guys are the best. Uh, just And, and there's, I appreciate that about him as a coach. You know, he really likes his players. But uh, but no, that it's just not in the cards for them to make that trade. Yeah. And what else is he going to say, Carl? Like, you know, of course, he's going to think his guy <laughs> is, is is the best quarterback out of the class. But yeah, with the, the cap situation with the Chargers, it just wouldn't financially make sense, Mike. Um, and also, you'd have to think now, granted. There still has to be some getting him accustomed to pro level competition. Granted, they did run, you know, an NFL, similar style NFL offense in Michigan. But again, the the pros are a different level. So having to kind of develop him for that also, when you already have a quarterback in Herbert that can that can run it, (laughs) that you're right, Carl, like Herbert is top 10. Some would even say like maybe even top seven, top eight quarterback in the league. So when you have that quarterback on your roster with a pretty solid roster overall for the chargers it, it i i don't see why jim harbour would even make the move to draft McCarthy. but yeah he's going to talk up his guy um yeah to get to get his value up for sure yeah but that that is that's i mean i i get that question if he's not willing to endorse his own guy by taking him should we take him kind of thing um but like I said, it's just not in the cards for them. So I, I don't think that that's a, a knock on McCarthy for him not to be there. But let me ask you this question, Carl. I think this came up, um, I believe, in another show that we did either a week or two ago. Do you, because he knows McCarthy so well, you know, when the Broncos do play 
the Chargers. <laughs> does, does, does that make you a, a little nervous? Like, you know, when those matchups come, now I know it'll be obviously different style offense, things like that. But I think just the player itself, like he knows, you know, Jim Harbaugh knows how McCarthy operates, kind of runs, commands the offense. That, does that, is that a little bit concerning to you? Um, a, a little bit, I guess. I The other part of this, though, is, I mean, obviously, J.J. McCarthy knows him. And the Chargers just hired the defensive coordinator from Michigan to follow him to, follow him to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And so J.J. McCarthy's been playing against that defensive style for, ye- for the last few years here. Um, so I think that could also be an advantage towards JJ McCarthy of what they're going to try to use against him. I think, I think it kind of neutralizes itself a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because both those guys are so competitive, I think it'd be a, a fun little battle where Jim Harbaugh wants to beat his old quarterback and JJ McCarthy wants to beat his old coach to prove that, that he was the guy, um, that really helped him get that final national championship that he's been wanting for all these years. Um, so I think it, it would be a fun little battle between those two to, to see that going on. I think it'd be a love hate relationship between them. Okay. Yeah. I, that, that did cause me some concern when that question was brought up and I said, I, I, I was a bit concerned. It would, but yeah, you're right. I, I guess I didn't put in, you know, the whole, that the defensive coordinator followed him and I think they can kind of, they know what each other does well. Um, and of course, that that can factor into this. And again, I know it'll be a different style, whole levels, different style of offense. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see that. I guess that cat mouse game, if you will, <laughs> when when the two do do match up. So, alrighty, let's see who we got here coming in the chat. Oh, Mike again with a five dollar super chat. Thank you again for coming in, my man. We appreciate it. He says, I think another team would take on Herbert's whole contract being a top 10 QB. Wouldn't that give them cap relief? So, no. Um, the The issue is the guaranteed money. You know, this yeah. is where the dead money comes into to play. Um, a team can take on some of the bonuses, but they can't take on the ones that the Chargers have already paid out. And the way that his contract was set up was they were going to pay fully guaranteed 2024, 2025, and the signing bonus. So all three of those, the Chargers have already put into the bank account of Justin Herbert. And so a team can't take those on. Um, there's some other parts of the contract that they could. So there could be a little bit of relief if they're willing to take on some of it. But I think it would be still pretty tough for the Chargers to figure out how to get that to it, even even just to an even place where it's no dead money, but no cap savings. Like I said, we're, we're talking about 108 million or whatever I said earlier, 105. Um, I can't remember. Let's see. Let me bring it back up. 108.5 million. So they, they would have to figure out a way that a team is going to take all of that on in some way, some form. Um, it just would be really, really tough to make that work. I and and like I said, I, I think part of what attracted Jim Harbaugh to going to the Chargers is Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. That that was some of the talk when Sean Payton was thinking about going to the Chargers mm-hmm. last year. That why wouldn't he want to go work with a quarterback like this? Now, thankfully, the Chargers owner was very cheap and didn't want to pay the you know the trade 
you know, trade a first round pick and a 20 to $25 million per year contract to a court or to a coach. So it worked out for the Broncos where they got themselves a good coach. Um, but again, Herbert is a huge selling piece of why anybody would want to go to the chargers right now. Yeah. And I'm seeing comments in here, you know, about Herbert, not, you know, when I see people don't think Herbert is that elite, but again, I mean, that, that was, You'd have to guess that's why Jim Harbaugh went to the Chargers just because of Herbert. And the numbers, you know, numbers for Herbert over ever since he's been in the league have, have been great numbers that would lead you to believe that he is a top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I know people are talking about the playoffs here. Chargers are getting, well, some people are mentioning that Chargers are going getting barked and going to the playoffs. I see that as a comment. Um but yeah, I think Herbert was definitely to your point, Carl. Herbert was the reason, and not just Herbert. It's that the roster. I mean, because think about it, the the Chargers roster overall is is pretty good. It's it's a very solid roster. Yeah. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Sante Samuel. It, it's it's a pretty, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty good roster. I just think for the Chargers, it doesn't, you know, didn't have the coaching in place to kind of get them there. Um, but now with you know, a proven coach as Harbaugh is, you know, it, it could happen. But enough about the Chargers. Let, let's let's uh <laughs> Broncos podcast here. Let's see who else we have in the chat. Let's see here. I'm just kind of perusing through. We got a Knicks fan in here, David Yunkin coming in. Knicks might be our QB. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Go ahead. What, what? I guess I'm not a. I guess with Knicks, I, I see. So I guess here's my thing with Knicks. Can he run Sean Payton's offense? I'm pretty sure he can. I mean, when he was at Oregon, you know, he he ran that style of offense well. I mm -hmm. think I'm more so looking for kind of like the flashy, the more talented, the more skilled, you know, and. He doesn't do that for me. He's not going to wow you. Right? And I'm looking for more wow factor. Like when I when I when I I I've watched the top three um, QBs in this class, and that's what has me wanting the Broncos to try to get up as far as they can to take one of those three. Um, particularly particularly Drake May. I think Drake May for me, Carl. He checks all of the boxes from what I've seen. Every single last box. There are a few cons out there for him. Obviously, no no quarterback prospect is perfect. Um, the the deep ball is is it's good enough, I think, for him. I I think he's kind of the one that would be best for the Broncos. But you're right, David. Knicks might end up being the guy. I, I just I guess for me personally, I just don't think he's that great of a prospect, at least in my own mind, for Denver. But yeah, a good quarterback. So. So I, I'm probably a little higher on Knicks than most people mm. um, because I do think he is a great fit with Sean Payton. He is, from everything I've, I've heard from people, he is a smart, smart guy. Um, I listened to some of his teammates talk about him. They said that he is running the offensive meetings and, like, coaching up the players. Um, a lot of people have talked about how he's set to have a great – um, after playing career as a coach, 
because he just he does that well if he can explain an offense to other positions and tell them how to do their their job um mm-hmm. I, I agree with you i think there's some limitations he doesn't have the the greatest arm um that obviously the the Oregon offense is a very very quarterback friendly offense a lot of first read mm-hmm. decisions a lot of things behind the line of scrimmage um so really if you put NFL type throws side by side. I don't think that Bo Nix has that many more than a JJ McCarthy because JJ McCarthy, he didn't throw as much, but a lot of his were actual NFL type reads and throws and mm. those kind of things. Um, but again, like I said, I think Bo Nix could run the well, the offense. Well, I think he could be a top half of the league quarterback. And like, to me, if you're going to miss out on the top three guys, um, I, I think there's a decent chance that Bo Nix falls out of the first round because like I said, there's some limitations there. Age plays a factor, all of that. Um, So maybe you take an offensive tackle in the first and then you figure out a way to get back into the second round and take yourself Bo Nix. And on a rookie contract, Bo Nix could make your team very, very competitive. You know, you can surround him with a lot of talent to to maximize what he can do on the field i don't think he is that type that all of a sudden you're like this is our franchise guy for the next 15 20 years he's not that kind of guy but like i said if you're going to miss out on those type of prospects because you're at pick 12 you could do a lot worse than getting a Bo Nix that allows you to have a lot of cap flexibility having that guy on a rookie contract for the next about four or five years mm-hmm. um you know or you could trade back in the first round you know like Instead of being at 12, you trade back to 25 and take a Bo Nix. I'm, I'm fine with that, too, because you got more draft picks to then surround him again with some more talent. So um, the Broncos could do worse than getting Bo Nix into this building. I think he's going to be well-liked by teammates from everybody I've, I've heard. Um, he's well, He does well in the locker room. Um, but again, I, I'd probably say Penix is more talented. Obviously, J.J. McCarthy is more talented, mm-hmm. better arms. Um, a lot better, great wow throws moments from those two compared to Bo Nix. But he is kind of a, hey, I'm just going to go get completions for you. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. the offense doing what it's supposed to be doing. You know, and sometimes a guy like Sean Payton, I'm, I would say Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is the same way. He likes a quarterback that just does what he tells him to do. And maybe has a little bit of improbability beyond that. But for the most part, once a quarterback, hey, I'm going to design an offense that's going to get guys open for you. I just need you to throw it to the guy I tell you to throw it to. Yep. And Bo Nix can do that for you. Yeah. Um, and again, he could, like David Youngkin's coming in with the 499 Super Chat. All I'm saying is Denver doesn't move up, then you might be stuck with them. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I think. You know, I, I just, I guess I'm enamored by uh, just dynamicism when it comes to the QB position, Carl. <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, some of, again, those top three, they, they do it for me. But again, that's not to say that Bo Nix can't go out and get the job done. You know, again, he's not flashy, but, you know, I, I think, and you're right, Carl, I've heard that as far as his locker room presence, he's in the meetings. I think he'll be a great, like, NFL coach. He seems to have, like, a great football mind um, right. that can kind of check his protections, know, you know, 
throw the ball to the open receiver, um, and just kind of move the chains. So I, I think if you're asking, you know, a quarterback to come in and do that, Bo Nix is your guy. And in a Sean Payton offense, that that will work. Yeah. Um, but I think again, I said it that they just need to get some quarterback. If if Bo Nix is the guy, so be it. I, I think I'll be okay with that. Um, again, he's not in my top three or four, but you know, if the Broncos do come away with Bo Nix, David, it's fine. It, it, it'll be, you know, what they need and they can develop Bo Nix for sure. So, right. Well, and I always say where a quarterback goes matters almost as much as the talent that they bring. You know, I've seen some really, really talented quarterbacks go to crappy situations and just get obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think of probably the quarterback, I think if he had gone to even an average situation, I think he could have had a really great NFL career, but he fell apart, was David Carr. Not Derek Carr, oh, yes. David Carr, his older brother. That guy, one of the best players at the quarterback position I have watched coming out of college. He just dominated. Yeah. But then went to that horrible Houston situation where they had no offensive line he got beat up for his first three years in the league. And by that point, um, to quote Sam Darnold, he was seeing ghosts. And he, he was just done, unfortunately. And so I think any quarterback of these top about five, six guys, if they get Sean Payton as their coach, they better be thanking whoever they want to thank that they went to a great situation. Because Sean Payton, he is a top five offensive mind. Doesn't mean he's a top five head coach. But when we're talking about offensive mind in football, you know, you're talking about the Sean McVay, Andy Reid, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and then it might be Sean Payton as that yeah. next great offensive mind when it comes to the league. And just being able to figure out how to get players open. Um, you know, if you go back and watch this last year, this is and this is why Russell Wilson just does not work. It is water and, and oil when it comes to Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Their styles do not mix. There were so many times the wide receivers were wide open. And I'm pretty darn sure they were first read makes. And Russell Wilson, you'd see like he'd get ready to pull the trigger. And uh, I don't know. I don't quite know. It's too quick. And then all of a sudden he runs out of the pocket and either takes a sack or does something magical. Now, I'm not going to try to take that away from Russell Wilson. He has some magical moments this last year. But to have a quarterback, again, that can – find that first read and go make that throw. the open receiver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jerry Judy could have had a thousand yards this year because he was open a lot. And so it's like I said, if you get that kind of quarterback in here, I think he can produce really well and keep this offense going, makes life a little bit easier on the defense where they're not so many three and outs. You know, that was kind of the thing this year with the Broncos. They were either three and out or magic happened. There wasn't much in between those two things. And it's just, it's, it's tough to watch. Um, you know, it's great because we had some, some great moments, like I said, of just plays that, uh, that I will remember for, for quite a while. And I, I see Todd yeah. saying, is Carl hating on my boy Bo Nix? I just complimented him a lot. I, I, like I said, I'm really high on him. I think he is a great fit with Sean Payton. And so I think I, think it, I was doing more of the hating that he, yeah. I think if he <laughs> if that's the way the Broncos come out of this is Bo Nix is the quarterback that they draft, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm not going to be like jumping up for joy going, 
that's our guy. Like we're, we're set for the next 15 years quarterback, but I'm going to feel like, Hey, for the next four or five years, I think the Broncos got their guy and they can really do well to build a strong roster around him to go be very successful in this league, score a lot of points. And, and then we'll have to see if he's figured out a few more things later on. Like I said, there's a ceiling though on, on Bo Nix, where some of these other guys have a little bit higher ceiling. That that's my my one concern with him is there's just like I said the the lack of the arm talent compared to some of these yeah. other players it just doesn't snap quite as quick and in the NFL that that can make a huge difference college you can get away with it a little bit more um, but it's just that that little difference can make a difference between a big play and a big play for the defense. Yeah, that's a good point. And then Todd. Also says here, Nick's accuracy is off the charts. And then it, it's a I, little I, I, hyped I, up by those yeah, easy throws. Yeah, easy throws. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say, say he, off the he charts. is accurate. It, yeah. But I, I don't think he's most accurate quarterback in college history accurate. Now, yes, the, the stats would say, yes, he is. He just set the record for that this last year. Um, But like I said, it, when you have so many of your passes in that zero to five or ne- even behind the line of scrimmage. Um, it makes things a little bit easier compared to some of these other guys that are challenging the down the field a little bit more. Now he does actually well throwing when he does throw deep, he does pretty well with it. He just doesn't do it as often as a lot of these other guys. Um, he's one of those, he's got to see it that they are open before he's willing to, to pull the trigger on that. He's, he's willing to take those check downs a lot more than some of the other guys. Yeah, and you you mentioned it when you were talking about Russell Wilson and some of his play this year. I, I witnessed it firsthand, Carl, when I was at a few of those Broncos games. Like, like I would be sitting in the end zone with Jerry Judy wide open down the sideline, staring me in my face, and Russell Wilson would not even <laughs> – like you say, you had that moment of hesitation, and then he'd, he'd take off running. And I'm like, dude, he's open. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. Like, what are you doing? So it was mm-hmm. a lot of frustrating moments. And I obviously Judy had frustration on his face once the play was over, you know. So again, yeah. you're right. I think Bo Nix, and I think Todd, I think I was the one again to clear it up. I was the one that was hating a little bit. Again, if Bo Nix is the selection, that that's all I can ask for in the sense of they're going to get a quarterback. He's just not in my top four. But again, if if he makes it to the Broncos. I'm more encouraged. And obviously with the toolage under Sean Payton, he can be something. And you're right in that Oregon offense, you know, Bo Nix would would find the open receiver. And that's what Denver needs. Denver needs a quarterback that can find the open guy. Um, so bringing him in there, I, I think any of these quarterbacks will do that. McCarthy even. I mean, so, um, yeah. you know, it just kind of depends on who their what their flavor is. But you know, once they get that guy, I think you're right. We'll start to see this offense take shape. Yeah, um, and I, I could see Bo Nix actually winning Rookie of the Year because he would be paired with Sean Payton compared yeah. to Caleb Williams going to the Bears right now who just fired another offensive coordinator um, and not sure who they really brought in is actually that big of an upgrade at this point. Um, you yeah. know, then you think about – some of these other teams like the the Patriots, man, I would hate to be a quarterback and go into that situation where they have no weapons no, and 
they just hired a defensive minded coach. You know, I really think if you're going to have a young quarterback, you need an offensive minded coach that can really speak well to that, that player. You know, if you think of Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes, um, those two getting paired together was, was a, a dream scenario for both of them. Unfortunately for the Broncos, it has hurt them pretty bad. Um, but, uh, but yes, that's why I think like any of these guys getting paired with Sean Payton is going to be a really good situation. Doesn't mean they're going to end up being the best quarterback of the group. It just means they could have a lot more early success because they've got a coach that knows how to speak to them, knows how to design an offense that can actually give them easy throws, um, and, and could just actually take advantage of their entire full skill set. Alrighty, guys. I think we are a little over an hour, but before we go, I want to shout out the Ronk again. Great show tonight, Ron and Carl on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos again, Mikey. Thank you for coming in as always um, with your support. We appreciate you, my man. We appreciate you. So again, that's going to wrap up another installment of the Orange and Blue View. Again, make sure if you don't do anything, guys, you like subscribe and share to all the platforms um and it was great to have all of you guys in the chat tonight thank you carl for coming yeah. on in place of dylan to talk broncos this was a great conversation with you um for joining thank you for joining me um any parting words for broncos country carl before we head on out no, I just uh, thank you for letting me come on. You know, I, I didn't even realize we're already at an hour. I was thinking like we're like 20 minutes in and yeah. man, time flies when you're having fun. But uh, no, appreciate all your guys' conversation here tonight. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm still excited for what the Broncos have going forward. You know, I know a lot of people are a little bit nervous about this upcoming season. Um, I, I still I, I maybe have a little too much confidence in this coaching staff to get things figured out and be able to still make this team find a way to be successful, even in a tough division, you know, obviously chiefs have been dominating. Um, chargers probably just got better hiring a good coach mm. Raiders always tough for the Broncos for some reason, which really stinks ever since Shanahan was, was let go. But still, like I said, um, I think there's some good things ahead. It's going to be fun to see where they go with the quarterback position, uh, both in free agency. I think, I think they're two quarterbacks. I think they're going to be getting two quarterbacks, new ones this year. One in free agency, one in the draft. And uh, whether that's pick 12, pick 8, pick 76, whatever it may be, uh, I'm interested to see how Sean Payton can can turn that guy into a decent player in the NFL. Yes, Ditto. I echo everything you said. Yep. All righty, guys. Well, again, thank you for tuning in. And you guys have a great evening. And we will see you next Saturday. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.